Hi, you're listening to the Strings Attached Music Podcast out of Austin, Texas. That's stringsattachedmusic.net is our main site. If you're interested in receiving three free songs, visit that site right now. You can check us out on the web at on Facebook, facebook.com slash stringsattached. Our main website is stringsattached.org. We are based out of Austin, Texas. We perform rock tribute shows, folk tribute shows, original jazz music, and all everything in between. I encourage you to check out all the posts on this podcast to find out what we're all about and explore the music of Strings Attached. You can also find us on iTunes. Just search on iTunes as well as any other digital outlet um, on the planet. So thanks for stopping by. We'd love to hear from hear from you, you can email me at will at willtaylor.com. That's will at willtaylor.com. Please visit us again at stringsattachedmusic.net and sign up to receive three free songs there and you'll be in the loop. All right, so this uh, current podcast um, is a response to uh, the Led Zeppelin tune that we put up, uh, our version of Led, of, uh, Led Zeppelin's Cashmere, uh, stirring a few classic rock purists. So here goes. Recently, I began offering a free download of our cover of the Zeppelin classic Kashmir, sort of a way to win new fans around the world to the strings attached way. I was very pleased with how it came together eight years ago. My Iranian-American friend Mohammed Farouzi from the world music band Atash introducing the piece with a Rumi poem, a string trio, full rock band, percussion, a fantasy violin improv that seemed delivered by the divine, accompanied by Doombeck and Pizzicato. This live cut was performed in a 150-year-old Episcopal church in downtown Austin, Texas, just a few feet from the central altar. Several times during the show, I was concerned about the delicate stained glass windows shattering to the beat of invading Vikings. Here's what an audience member... Here's what one audience member said of that show. Wow, I don't know what else to say. Your Led Zeppelin show at 7.30 Friday night was one of the best concerts I've enjoyed in my life. And I've been to some of the best. I've even seen Led Zeppelin live and later Page and Plant on their duo tour and Plant on his solo tour. But your show blew me away. I was a DJ in the late 60s and early 70s and had comp tickets to all the major concerts of that era, usually on the first to third rows. You've totally outdone yourselves and the originals with this show. This, in my opinion, was no more than just a cover version. It was an honorable tribute to not only Zeppelin, but the eastern roots that that inspired the song. Now, I know that you can only please some of the people some of the time, but I was a little surprised by some of the rock purist reactions to the promotion on Facebook, even before they had heard the piece. It seems that some of these fans believe it's an unholy act to cover Houses of the Holy, or any classic rock tune for that matter. I quote, Write your own sound songs, clowns. The thought of this is horrifying. Why are they mutilating a great masterpiece like that? So let me take a minute to rewind how I got here in the first place. In the early 1990s, my focus musically was on the path of a jazz string player playing original music fueled by the improvisations and talents of the players in my band at the time. I composed music inspired by the heroes of our high school years. This would have been in the 1980s. For me, that was Matheny, 
Ornette Coleman, Michael Brecker, Grappelli, and Pawnee, just to name a few. Oregon is another group that I really enjoyed. My band involved many different Austin musicians, but the core at the time included Steven Zirkel on fretless bass and trumpet, Elias Hesslinger on sax, Glenn Rexash on guitar, and my high school friend Chris Serrells on drums. We visited jazz festivals in Canada, played arts centers and outdoor concerts throughout the United States, and played many an odd music gig. A mining community in the outback of Nevada, a rare opportunity as the backing band for sax legend Eddie Harris at the end of his life, and another really creative gig in 1994 for a planetarium in Edmonton, Alberta. The presenters of this jazz concert series orchestrated a planetarium light show around the music from my first album, Real Life. They set us atop a small circular stage in the center of the space, and we would lean back and watch the show as we played the music live. Guys, I hope that squeaking chair isn't bothering you too much. <laughs> my musician friends at the time thought I was kind of an instrumental jazz musician snob, for lack of a gentler term. I remember them trying to convince me of the worth of pop music. I could never have guessed that 15 years later I would be rocking out live on the radio with strings attached and, and over 30 Austin musicians on the Beatles' White Album before an audience of over 1,500 at a local Baptist church near the University of Texas at Austin. How did I get there? At some point I realized the financial challenges of contributing to a growing family as a touring jazz artist and began opening my creative net to play other styles perform at, God forbid, weddings and private events. I was in Austin, Texas, after all, and to make it, you had to be a chameleon. Over the years, my tastes widened more and more, and not only did I get to write arrangements and do shows with masterful songsmiths like Slade Cleves, James McMurtry, Chip Taylor, and Eliza Gilkison, but I found myself providing strings for Pearl Jam's appearance on Austin City Limits and P. Diddy's troop, tribute for the troops. So all this eventually led to a 2006 live tribute to the music of Led Zeppelin, a show suggested by strings-attached drummer Brad Evelsizer. I thought he was crazy at the time, but as I explored the entire catalog of CDs he had let me, it began to make absolute sense. These guys, Led Zeppelin that is, were passionate experimenters, improvisers, and students of the blues. They mixed in world music influences taken in from their real-life travels. Some of their early music reminded me of freeform jazz. They didn't just write hits for the radio. As a matter of fact, it was the live experience that was most important. Recordings were secondary at the most. So, for me, after really looking at the band with a microscope, covering the music of Led Zeppelin through the lens of a bunch of jazz guys that also had experience playing in rock bands, seemed perfect, and at the least, a fun experiment. And as, I, and as always, and as is always the case when we cover music, we don't try to present a perfect copy. No, we leave that for bands like Led Zeppelin too. The idea we frequent is to invite 5 to 30 local guest singers to provide us a list of their favorite tunes to cover. From the list, I pick the final tunes, ones that ultimately move me emotionally and that I believe I can rearrange or reimagine in some creative way. But of course, in a way that still keeps the original soul creativity and melodic hooks that fans know and love. And when I can, I open it up to 
open up the arrangements for improvisation, just as Zeppelin did during their shows. Every show we produce still points back to my original intentions of being a jazz artist, that is, living in the moment, being present, being open, and even encouraging the unplanned to show up, yet still keeping some path through the roots of the original song intact. Of course, all of this could just be my tastes or preferences. If a few classic rock purists want to keep their beloved memories intact and fixed like the CDs that archive those performances, then so be it. They just have to avoid our recreations or turn off the music. I don't think any great harm is being done. So what, what, what is your take on it as you're listening to this? I, for one, am lucky enough to have many folks who love what we do and seem to get it without me ever having spoken a word in explanation. Austin graphics guru Jim Sipowitz wrote these words on my behalf recently. He says, Foolish consistency is the hobgoblin of little minds. Personally, if it's a thoughtful interpretation rather than an empty regurgitation, I welcome the effort, and I will listen enthusiastically. To me, that's one way to know whether an artist is really trying to do something interesting with his work. It's one thing to crank out new tunes, hoping for a few of them to stick, but to be confident enough in your work to cover a song like Cashmere and to blast it out for the world to take it in shows guts. I'm just saying. As my son would say, haters gonna hate. Don't give it a second thought. I can think of several very memorable renditions of works I cherish. Bluegrass renditions of Van Halen, check out Strumming with the Devil, or one of my personal favorites, the timeless reggae interpretation of Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon, titled Dub Side of the Moon. Then there is Dread Zeppelin, the Elvis impersonating reggae band that not only covers Zeppelin songs, but unabashedly mashes them up with the occasional standard from the king himself. You ain't nothing but a black dog. Thoughtful covers can breathe fresh perspective, and they never prevent me from going back and reconnecting with my past. Bands like The Eggmen in Austin, who perform all Beatles covers and imitate their style, may not add that much to the interpretive aspect of the Beatles' work, but where's the harm there? They have a great time playing, and they work their asses off to bring fun and joy to their audiences. Same with Led Zeppelin II, the Zeppelin cover band. They're not reinterpreting the music, but they bring an experience to an audience, some of whom, like me, never had the pleasure of seeing them in person. That is fun and worthwhile. If revisiting and reinterpreting past works is such a sin, then artists like Led Zeppelin, Van Halen, Credence Clearwater Revival, Simon and Garfunkel, and Eric Clapton will be joining the likes of you in hell, and it'll be quite a jammin' time, I think. Bob Marley, The Beatles, hell, the list is way too long to be exhaustive here. They all have made significant musical reinterpretations, a hallmark of their body of work. One of my personal favorites is Devo covering Nine Inch Nails' Head Like a Hole. Need I say more? So thanks for listening to this uh, podcast from Strings Attached once again. If you're interested in this uh, particular cover of Cashmere, you can get that by going to stringsattachedmusic.net. That's stringsattachedmusic.net. Please feel free to share this post. Check out the blog that this is a part of. You can read the blog at stringsattached.org slash blog and make a comment below and share it and make a comment on the podcast. That really helps with our ranking on iTunes. If you're interested in helping um, 
independent musicians uh, like myself who do this, who do everything. They don't have a publicity department. They don't have a record label. They don't have a staff. Um, they're working to getting their music out there on their own in as many ways that they can. If you want to support artists like us, then what simple way you can do that is just putting in a real passionate comment on the blog or a passionate comment on the uh, podcast uh, review area. So thanks for listening. I hope that you will check out more of these podcasts loaded up on your iPhone or your smartphone. And I really look forward to meeting you and hearing more from you from whatever part of the world you come from. Uh, you can check out stringsattached.org or stringsattachedmusic.net. We look forward to you becoming a fan. We'll talk to you soon.